Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Andy, I don't know how to start the podcast off. I don't want to be like the YouTube people. They're like, hey, guys. And then go on to the, hey, welcome back, guys. Well, hey, guys, welcome back, guys. Like, it's the same thing over and over again. But, like, I think it's been validated. That's the right thing to do. That's no, what everybody no, else does. No. So we should do it, too. No. No? That's not how it works. Okay. We talked about that. Just because everybody else does it doesn't mean you should do it, right? <laughs> Apparently. That's what they say. <laughs> that's what my dad always said. <laughs> if everybody else jumped off a cliff, would you do it, too? Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, maybe there's something to do. Hive mind. We talked about that earlier. Wink, wink. (laughs) That's Uh, right. (laughs) Yeah, what's our... So how do we start? How do we start? Uh, Hey, Andy, what's our topic today? Can you... you, Do you have a randomized mechanism, some kind of system to to give us a topic? I think I do, Patrick. (laughs) Let me me go ahead and get into that. We're going to get that number going. Okay. We have our number and... Our topic today <laughs> comes from our friend Nick Bluth. Nick Bluth? Yeah. Big Bluth. Um, <laughs> Why so, are you laughing so much? Is it that funny? It's really funny. We love Nick. Why are you laughing at Nick? I'm not laughing at Nick. Oh, I'm laughing. laughing that we have another one from Nick. Another one from Nick. Yeah, because yeah, we, just... we had another one. We had two or three from Zubal. Yeah, and I think it's the second one from Nick, potentially. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good topic, though. You ready to hear it? I'm ready. Okay, so this topic is what to do with your product after it's released. You don't do anything with it after it's released. You don't? <laughs> do you? You do something with it. You do? You do do. I didn't think I didn't think you did anything. I think you just I think you I think after a designer got done with their mock up, they were just like, there it is. Yeah, they just they just give it to the and devs. They just move on and then it's like never it just never happens. They drop the mic and they walk away. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and then they just get their praise. I didn't know things happened after the product. Collect their paycheck, go on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the fact that we have this question from our friend Nick means that there might need to be something after the after the, that process, after mm-hmm. after actually building and handing it's, off and all that stuff. Yeah, it sounds like he's thinking that he should be doing something else after the product is built and released, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the case, um, and it might be an important step. I'm just assuming here, but it might be an important step as well. Um, this thing that you do afterwards. So maybe we should get into that and explore what maybe that should be. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's do it. Okay. What What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? It. <laughs> <laughs> You're just drawing a blank on this, aren't you? It's, <laughs> it's mid-afternoon, and uh, I can't think right now. <laughs> well, this is this is a um, it's an interesting thing, and it's really important. And I think this is a part of the design process. Um, you know, even like the developing process. That's really important. That sometimes we just forget about as designers, even as like a team um, that work together to build something. Um, and this is uh, so important because it's kind of measuring 
the whole reason why we designed, researched, and built this this solution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if we if we go through the process, if and we find, hey, we we have found this great solution. Here's the design for that solution. I'm going to hand it off to my developers and communicate, um, do all that great stuff we've talked about before, um, and then it's built. And then a lot of times teams will go and say like, oh, we built it. Let's go celebrate. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go out to lunch together. Release it. Let's we, go mentor golfing. We did <laughs> mentor golfing. Um, and then that's it. Then what's next? We're going to move on to something else, right? We have mm-hmm. to find another solution. Um, that's something that they often miss is this last phase um, that sometimes we've called evaluate, right? Mm-hmm. Where you actually measure to see if, hey, you created this hypothesis. Like you had this, this idea that you think would be a good solution. We went through. We spent all this money building it. Did it actually do? Did it work? What we wanted it to do, right? <clears throat> what we expected it to do. Mm-hmm. So this is an important part that a lot of us forget all the time. Yep, because we're designers and we think that we just design, right? Yeah, and we forget that there are other things about being a designer, like understanding and knowing. Mm-hmm. So this is this is critical because if you if you release a product, that's the whole point of what you're doing. Like you talked about, you release a product at, at like at bare minimum, you should at least go talk to your customers about that. Yeah. Right, see how they're using it. Give it some time. Right, uh, talk to them. See how they're using it. See if it see if it does the the intended goal that you designed it for. Yeah. Right? So this is something you should do. But why should you do this, Patrick? Mm-hmm. That's the question. You should do it because if you're if you're if you're like us, you're always constantly building more product on top of the same product. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're going to build product that gets in your way if you don't understand it. I think that's probably the first thing. Right. would be yeah. like if you if you build something that sucks and then you're going to build something on top of that or with that, then you should know if it sucks or not. Yeah. Um, and really the only way to know if it sucks 100 percent sure is to see if it sucks because your users hate it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or it doesn't it doesn't do what you intended it to do. Yeah. Anyway. You should see specifically why it yeah. sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And it leads to further empathy and further understanding of your user. Yeah. And I think this is interesting because like we we have a design process in place to help us make a good decision. Um, we, however, can't know everything. You know, all of the data that comes out of the design process isn't going to tell us exactly what it's going to be like when a user actually goes and uses it like every day. Yeah. Um, so you're, there's a lot of data you're not going to know until after it's out in the wild being used. Um, and then at that point, like you you're able to make iterations based on what you find mm-hmm. and make it better as what you're saying, basically. So I think it's really important to do that. But the question is, is like, do you, do you go through this whole process, you ship it and then try to figure out what you want to know about the product after it's been shipped out? Um, at what point should we be planning for this, this stage, this evaluate stage? in the process. Yeah, you should be planning ahead of time I- idealistically, right? Like um, you should have defined metrics ahead of time in your project. If you're working with a product manager, that's kind of more their role, I think, working hand in hand with the designer and the rest of the team mm-hmm. um, is defining, okay, well, you, you define what, what is it you're trying to accomplish, right? What the goal is. And then you probably should idealistically, and I say idealistically because I don't think it happens all the time and I don't think it's n- not, not in my mind, I feel like it's probably not necessary to happen all the time, but you should at least have an idea or even a metric a data point of like, when we release it, it should do this. Mm-hmm. So then when we, and it has to be practical, like a goal. So then we follow up on it, then it 
it should work, like an adoption metric. Like uh, we're going to create these things. We project if we create these things, more people will use our feature by X amount or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then you release it and then monitor it for a month and then see if it hits that goal or not. If it doesn't hit that goal or not, then you have that data. Then you can go back, you go backwards and, you know, watch user videos or something to see why it's not as successful as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then redesign it or, you know, pull stuff out or do whatever's necessary. Yeah. It's, it's basically, I mean, it's the ultimate user test, right? Like you user test for usability, user test for whatever. But then when you actually get it out in the wild, there's going to be some bugs in it. There's going to be some hiccups. It's not going to perform exactly what you thought it was, no matter what you do. Yeah. Like you could test 50 million people and you'll release it and, you know, people are going to have issue with it probably. So, yeah. It also, also there's a measurement of like, I think one thing in there is there's a measurement of like what, what was initially designed or was the initial concept, what was it for, all that kind of stuff to we made accommodations as we went, as we user tested and all that. So we diverted from our original goal in some cases. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or we, we redesigned something and maybe, maybe in the redesign to make it better for the user, I use air quotes, the user, um, <clears throat> we didn't achieve our goal. And then when we release it, we realize we didn't achieve our goal. And then we got to go back and redo it. Or on the other side, like we're looking negatively at that too. Yeah. Like what it, it did it not work on the other side of that. It's probably more important. And I think, I think this is where I don't think anybody does this like effectively, but it's probably more important to have goals set ahead of time. And then when it's released, if you hit, if, if, if your product is doing what it's supposed to do or even better than what you predicted it to do, then you should understand that really well and why that happened. Yeah, that's why huge. it performed better. We're usually as designers, we're you know we're already trying to solve the problem or whatever, looking backwards. <laughs> but like we should look forward as like how can I take this now, move forward with it rather than try to fix what we didn't do. Right. That's, I think that's very true. I think we do look at the negative things all the time because we, as you said, we're trying to fix things. Mm-hmm. We're trying to solve problems. So there's a there's always a negative thing to what we're doing. That's really cool. Like thinking about what is working and how can we do this somewhere else? How does this apply somewhere else in the app or um, like, how can we build on this to make it even better? Yeah. That's awesome. So I think, I think what you need to do is I think uh, in, in my mind, there's the, you should plan, like you said, you should plan for the evaluation phase mm-hmm. and what you're going to do to evaluate that and have some kind of plan of action, whether it's like a real formal thing or something informal. And then when you get to that point, then you should execute on that plan. Yeah. Right. So if it's like, hey, let's measure adoption. We want to measure adoption. Make sure when you build it, you have the metrics in place from day one to start measuring that adoption. Exactly. Um, so, you know, and then I think the big thing about any plan, any of that is not to be reactive with it, though. Um, I think I think everybody tends to be really reactive with stuff. You mean like a short period of time and they're already mm-hmm. trying to make changes versus like in a week go. or two? Yeah. Okay. Like people, people will react in a week or two. Of course, you're, you there's there's always three to five percent of your user base that will complain about anything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so like you you give them something better. It's like hey hey you know here's here's a credit card with one thousand thousand dollar credit limit, and then you give them a five thousand dollar credit limit, and but the color is different. They're gonna whine about the color. Yeah. Like th- those those people are out there. They're in every user base, and that'll happen every time you release anything. And they're very squeaky wheels. Like there's yeah. a lot of people that 
probably have a problem and they don't say anything about it, there's probably a lot of people that are like, this is just fine. This works yeah. perfect for me. I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you. <laughs> and then some people may go, oh, yeah, I like this, but the card's green. But, oh, but it has a $5,000 credit limit? Yeah. Thanks, bro. Like, <laughs> the, like it, sometimes there's a transition phase, right, when you release something that's different. So, like, I think too many people get reactive with their, especially designers mm-hmm. and developers and uh, PMs. PMs do it all the time. Um, <laughs> you get reactive when you release something and it doesn't hit like if if people aren't shooting fireworks off of their table it's you're like oh man it didn't work you know <laughs> and so <clears throat> you're like what do we what do we do to make it better mm-hmm. uh that's also the importance of having something ahead of time at least a goal in mind if not a metric yeah right and even part of the metric is like sometimes you developers have to actually create like analytics to like they have to build it in a certain way that they could be able to track it. Yeah. So you have to know before it goes into build phase, what needs to be tracked. Um, so you have to think about it like maybe sooner than later, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. When you should have something built into your, your application, I think like at a startup, I think that's where people fail a lot of times uh, to understand is they don't do that ahead of time. Yeah. And then, then they get down the road and then they're trying to measure things. They're like, Hey, we need to, we didn't make sure we're doing this right. And it's like, well, but then we got to go back and retroactively like retrofit our application with all of this data stuff, mm-hmm. you know, these tags and different things. You have to build your product in a way that can capture that stuff and you have to do it while you build it. Or you can use, you know, or, or even at the, at the beginning have third party tools that can help you do that, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And have those in place before it's launched. And I think like, as we, as like my team and I have discussed, like, metrics in terms of what we're building and like here's the 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 solution here's how we're going to track that um there's also like a lot of side things like you can kind of go really deep with it too like oh we should track this this input field like you know like so i think it's important to like focus on the goal you're doing but at the same time you know that they kept saying like the more data the better (laughs) yeah so but it's it's important to of course not go too far in a rabbit hole of what you're tracking and really focus on the solution um and I think there's there's two different types of evaluation that we should probably talk about too. Like there's the qualitative and quantitative, mm-hmm. um, and how do you get that that stuff? So we've been talking about like metrics and tracking that stuff, um, but it's also important to like actually go and like talk to people um, and get get some you know like you, you also mentioned like watching them like use the application like watch a video of them using it but it's important to just like talk to somebody about what's going on yeah um but what other things have you found that that are good for for tracking and getting that the idea of how something is working i don't know because i think like everybody else i'm not i don't think we're great at it yeah so i think um yeah i think i think being able to watch your product in action like seeing it it changes your perspective like if you're if you're if you're uh, watching somebody use it not necessarily like a full story thing, but like sitting down and watching somebody use your application mm-hmm. with everything else that they have, right? At their desk or whatever yeah. they're doing. Um, changes your perspective a lot. I think do I think I think it would I think it'd be really cool, honestly, to do uh, to you know, after a release, instead of releasing the product, pulling the switch, right? <laughs> pulling the toggle switch and then having it released. And then go running over the bowling alley and celebrate for four hours. Mm-hmm. Like I think it would honestly be really cool if idealistically you could take your developers and, and everybody, release that, and then over the next week, like don't build anything. Like let's not build anything. Let's just schedule a bunch of <laughs> phone calls. Like let's take the next seven days 
and watch people use our watch people use the product we just released. That would make quite like, that would be super cool, right? If yeah. we could if we could figure out a way to do it. And even get out into people's offices like two by two or you know, Noah's Ark style, like get out there <laughs> get out there and be like, hey, you know, two of us, we're gonna go sit down, we're gonna see how this person um, is gonna use this new thing, you know? Yeah. And and maybe you get those people ahead of time, the people you're gonna go back and see how they use because mm-hmm. they were the ones maybe you did research interviews with or something like that. But uh, I think it'd be really cool to like almost isolate we talk about like having a period of time to do like a fast follow, right? Yeah. Like release it, then then get some data back and then have a period of time where it's like, yeah, we jump back on it. We plan for that. Mm-hmm. Like it'd almost be cool to like plan the whole for the whole dev team to have like when we release kind of a, a higher priority or a bigger feature to be like, okay, now we're just going to spend a week and we're just going to like watch people use it. That's really cool. Like, because like be sweet. think of like how de- – how this would impact developers too. Like they would see how this thing they built like literally impacts the person there. Yeah. They're serving like the user, right? Yeah. And all of the unexpected ways they weren't using it. Cause 'cause you, I mean, even if, even if you use your test and you build and you use whatever, whatever design technique, right. You give it to somebody, you give it to a human being and then somebody's going to pick it up backwards. Mm -hmm. Right. You're going to be like, why did they pick it up backwards? You're like, Oh, cause you know, they were in this position or whatever, you know? And like, I think you need to understand that. But I also think it's important on the flip side because I think a lot of times if you just if we just sit back and we just wait for the data to come in, the people we get are the people that don't like the color of the credit card, not the people that – like those are the people that chime in. They're, they're the squeaky wheels, right? So we get all of that peop- – all of that data comes in real quick. Yeah. And then we go, oh, our thing was a failure you know, instead of like seeing how everyone uses it. And seeing like, oh, that's interesting that they do that. That's cool. It looks like it's faster for them. It looks like it's whatever. So you see, you see a breadth of it, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just that narrow perspective. And then, because I think that's why it's hard to be non-reactive yeah. when you have, you know, let's say, let's say you have a million users in your app, right? And you get a hundred. Like the first day you turn it on, you get a hundred complaints. Yeah, and they're like, that's a lot of complaints. They're calling the company and they're like complaining about yeah. this thing, or they're you know they're chatting in or something, and you that that all those people that like you know they first initially dealt with are feeling that. Yeah, and then you feel that because they're like giving you the pressure <laughs> too. Like, oh, we'll let we'll let product know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you get a hundred people calling in saying like, "You just ruined my life," yeah. which which that sentence has been said here, like from oh, yeah. users. Yeah. You just ruined my life. It's like, we didn't ruin your <laughs> life. Just chill out. Dial dial back the trauma, man. Like just just a notch. Yeah. We changed it a little bit. But we didn't ruin it. Um <laughs> but yeah, you get a hundred calls like that, of course you're gonna be like you can you can visualize a hundred people being angry. Yeah. You can't visualize, you know, nine hundred and ninety thousand people being happy. That's true. <laughs> like you, you can't that that your brain doesn't go to that place, right? Especially if they're not vocal. And those people, if you're happy, Andy, if you're happy with a product, like you, let's say let's say Apple updated something, uh-huh. right? The design community is notorious for this kind of bullshit too. <laughs> but let's say let's say uh, let's say uh, you know uh, Instagram. Let's just let's say Instagram changed their branding, mm-hmm. and you really liked it, and you thought it was really good. Would you say anything to anyone? I mean, maybe like in passing, like I'd be like, if we were talking about it, like I like this new thing, yeah. but I wouldn't go out of my way, especially because like, of course the design community is already going to be tearing it apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never go out of my way to say like, and jump into that conversation. 
<laughs> well, you're like, not gonna like you're not gonna call good. you're not gonna call Instagram. You're not gonna no. go to Instagram's website or whatever and be like, "What's the contact information?" No, I way. gotta send them a freaking thing that says this is really awesome. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, like the, people just don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like as sad as it is, I don't. I, people just don't do that. But if it's a complaint, you're right on it. You're like, ah, oh, I think this is ugly. Like, why do they use the gradient? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know better, and all that kind of crap. And then you send it in, right? And you're very vocal that way. But the majority of your users, if you've done any, if you've done any, like, if you've added an improvement without even doing research or user testing to an application, mm-hmm. you're making people's lives better. Yeah, and it's true. And I think like that's a really good point because they are not going to be super like outward <clears throat> about the fact that they like it. But I think it says something if they're using it, if they're like leaving the app, right? Yeah. <laughs> if they're just like, you know, dumping their, their trial. If everybody's just abandoning it, they're just like, yeah. yeah. Then, then that's, that's really saying something. But if they're just continuing to use it, that's, that's saying that they like it potentially. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. there might be some improvements that need to be made in their opinion, but like that's a really, that's a good thing. I think that's very positive. And again, like it's a good point that none of us pay attention to that as much. We just pay attention to like the initial, like little bit of negativity that we get. Yeah, you pay attention to the haters for sure. Uh, uh, I personally really like the Hulu application. Uh huh. Yeah, you've mentioned this. And everybody else hates it. <laughs> and I've never, I've never sent an email to Hulu saying like, "You did a fantastic job. I yeah. love it. Have a, I like, I like using your application over Netflix, not because it's more efficient, but because it's a better experience." And, and all those designers, like, I'm sure that worked on Hulu are feeling that hate, plenty of that hate, but they don't Probably. know about how much you like it. They don't. Yeah. Should we? But the problem is even in Hulu's case is the numbers, nobody's dropping off of Hulu. Yeah. You're still going to use it. So just because, just because a handful of people are running around talking about how sucky it is. Mm-hmm. Like every freaking designer in this community around here <laughs> talks about it. It's like, that's a beautiful application. It's fun to use. It's engaging. It's great. I love it. Yeah. But I just want boxes with black on the background and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not about efficiency. The experience is not about efficiency. I think that's the other thing that we ought, we need to consider mm-hmm. when we do, when we release a product is it's not always about efficiency. I think I was actually talking to Nick about this the other day. In my mind, my, my, whole, my whole thought about design is it's, it's about how to add proper friction into the experience. Because mm-hmm. if you can add, like... That's the best quality of a designer is a designer that knows how to add friction, not remove friction. Any monkey can remove friction. (laughs) Like that's like if if this button's three clicks in, I can move it two clicks up. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a better product. Right. Yeah. And so like when you we, we need to look at that, like when you release a when you release a thing and you release this thing and it changes the way that they operated, but in a better way. Like you have to understand what the better way is. Are you adding more features? Because I can, if I change an experience and I make something that used to be two clicks, three clicks, but I give them more power in those three clicks, that's a better experience. And I'm adding more to their experience, right? Yeah. But if you're just so concerned about clicks every day, if you're just an efficiency designer and you're just like an efficiency hag, every day, like you're just going to be like, oh, well, that we made it worse. We made it worse. We made it worse. Right. Yeah, and then your whole application is going to be on one entire page in the end, right? Yeah, then it's going to be a freaking airline cockpit, and the person that's going to have to use the application has got to be like, yeah. you know, 10 million hours of certification just to use the damn thing, right? Oh, like, that's true. You Efficiency is not what design is about. 
that's not what design is about at all. It's a consideration, think, but it's not entirely what design is about. Yeah. And I think we get caught up in that. And I think when you talk about measuring design, that's the easiest thing to measure. Yep. That's literally the easiest thing to measure is how efficient your application is. And that's the first thing we always try to go to. Mm-hmm. Like, is this, was this faster? Could they, could they create this thing faster <sighs> than they could before? Yeah. It's like usability and findability, right? Like there's a trade off between those. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I do 10 actions on a page and I want to test the usability of all 10 actions. Well, if I try to make them all 100% the most efficient usability, then it's going to suck, right? There's going to, that's all it's going to be is just actions. Yeah. You know, but I, I want to make it so like, oh, there's a tiered version of this and they're going to do this first and who's doing this and the majority of the people doing this, like we hide things on purpose. Yep. Right. To make the experience better. And so if you're just measuring efficiency at the end of our, at the end of a, at the end of a product release, like you're failing your product, you're, you're failing yourself as a designer. So I think while that's part of it, you should probably define what the experience, what the goal of the experience is. Is the goal of the experience to be more efficient or to maintain efficiency? Or is the goal of the experience to add more power to your experience? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where it can get complex, though. Like, how do you actually define that this added more power? Like, how through, like, you know, this measuring process, how are you able to say yes or no? And this is something I've, of course, struggled with. Like, is this really given the user value? Yeah. Um, so, like, what do you think is a good way of actually doing that? Like, t- defining what if this thing was valuable or not. Well, to, to me, the user, in my mind, the user is going to define something as being valuable, first of all, if they pay for it and continue paying for it. Definitely. So it's one thing to buy something. It's one thing to buy something because of a feature, because of a feature set. Mm-hmm. It's, it's another thing to renew. So if people are renewing, I think the design is working correctly. Okay. If people are not renewing, then I think your design is probably at fault. Yeah. And we've experienced that here at Canopy, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's that's where like you, you have to reassess. You're like, why why aren't people renewing? What's that? What it's not? What is it not doing for them? Doing for them? <laughs> is it a job? Are we not providing a job that they need to accomplish with it? Because that's a bigger level part of the design process. Yeah. Or is our interface getting in the way of of doing it? Or is our interface too efficient and it's confusing? <laughs> right. So like you'd have to look at it that way. So I think number one would be like you know uh, would be would be sales and renewals, right? Like yeah. The whole churn rate thing. Um, the other thing I think it, on top of that would be actually watching your users use it. Yeah. And I'll just go see, back to that. And you can see like how, like if they're using it a lot, if they're not using it at all, like mm-hmm. like how it's being adopted um, and if it's being used, right, at all basically. I think, I think that's really important to see. And I think um, we've talked about this as well, like because I recently like, you know, with my team shipped a design and we wanted to figure out like what, like how this is affecting them, if it's going well or not. Um, and we talked about like that simple, like, and it's like very like, like inline and um, smaller versus measuring an entire app of like renewals and sales and everything. It's more like, yeah, if you complete an experience, you ask them, how was this experience? Was it helpful or was it not? Which we, we see in a lot of applications, but I think that's a potentially a good way as well for them to be able to voice. And we're like asking them, like, how is this working for you in a quick way? And they can, have a rating of like zero to what you mm-hmm. say, like zero to 10 or something, or even smaller, maybe even just a yes or no. And then they can actually voice that really quickly. Yeah. He's like a, just in use an emoji, right? Just use like thumbs up. I'm yeah, happy about this. Exactly. This is great. Tell us why this is great or no, I don't like it. Tell us why you don't like it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, those are good. Like you could use like a system usability scale. You use like a sus to do that too. Mm-hmm. If you want to kind of like, kind of, kind of get a score around that sentiment, set sentiment, sentiment, That's sediment. It. That's dirt. <laughs> sediment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's lots of different measurements you can do to, to measure like ease. We were talking about like the SEQ, the single ease question. Yeah. Does that feel easy for you to use? Um, that, that's a good one in my mind because, whether you've added, whether you've made it more efficient or added more friction to the experience, what did they interpret as that being efficient or easy to use? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes something that's very complicated can still feel feel very easy to use. Yeah, that's true. Or easy to do. So it's it's a feeling, right? And that's where you get more into the art of design. Um, at least the design we do get into that that art world of making that decision is. It's trying to understand what, like, what, what, what do you, how do your users feel about the experience, and that's hard to measure. Yeah, that's really hard to measure. It's, it's, it's even more hard to measure when you're not talking to your users. Exactly. That's that's definitely more of a qualitative measurement. Yeah. I feel like, right? You're, which is where you're going out. You're talking to them. You're seeing how they're using it. You're getting like, like one-on-one feedback, <clears throat> and then putting that together and like coming up with a, a final answer, right? Mm-hmm. Versus like the qualitative or the uh, quantitative, yeah. where it's a very like, you got the metrics in place, you get some numbers back. And I feel like you have to put both of those together to really get a good idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, I would say it's impossible if you're reactive. Yeah. Like it's completely impossible. If you're just waiting for your users to tell you if they like the experience <laughs> or not, it's never going to happen. Yeah, like it's just never going to happen. It's like it's like Google. So I, I, I kind of equated like Google, right? There's a there's a there's a I, I I don't know if a lot of people enjoy using Google products. Like I don't know if I could ever say like I really enjoy using a Google product. Okay. Like the like I had fun using that product. Like I used my calendar, and man, that was that was that was cool. <laughs> you know, but Google's very data driven that way, right? Mm-hmm. And so they analyze a lot of their user experience based on just data, right? And less on the impact it has or the experience it has, right? Yeah. Um, if you look at Apple, uh, you know, pre, pre, uh, pre-death of pre-death. Steve Jobs, okay. <laughs> a lot of those experiences, a lot of the, a lot of the UI, a lot of those experiences were heavier. They were more bloated. They were they had more of an experience to them for that particular reason because Apple that point in time um, wasn't necessarily looking at just sheer data they were looking at the experience of it right it's sure. like it's like the 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 Don Norman unboxing experience right if you're looking if you buy a monitor if you go to Home Depot and you buy a monitor and you take it home and you unbox it <clears throat> sheer data would say oh they get that thing out of there they set it up on their wall boom boom like like the Google method would be like is it on is the TV monitor hanging on their wall now mm-hmm. you know in 10 seconds Versus the Apple model is like when you open the Apple thing, you want to open the freaking package. Yeah, there's a whole experience around yeah. opening the package. And it may be slower. It may be a little slower, but there's a there's an experience to that that's different than just opening the box and hanging on your on your wall. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like here when we unbox things here, right? When we hire new people, what do we unbox? We as a company unbox <laughs> the the Dell monitors. Uh-huh. We unbox the the stupid laptop thing. We unbox all that stuff, but what do we leave in its box? 
we leave the laptops, we leave the mouse, the keyboard, you leave like every, all of the Apple things are in every the box. freaking Apple product is still wrapped in <laughs> cellophane, right? Yeah. And there's a reason for that because that the approach of that, the experience of that is enjoyable for those people, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun to open up something new, right? Yeah. Versus I don't, if I buy a Dell monitor, I want the dude at uh, Best Buy to open it up because I don't know what to do with all of that cardboard and packing peanuts. Like it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. And like, how do you measure that? How do you measure that experience? The only way to measure that experience is to watch people do it. Yeah. That's the only way to do it. You can measure the efficiency of that. You can measure the the completion rate. You can measure those things, right? But the only way to really know if they're actually having a good, a decent time or think this was a handy tool or have found value in it is to actually watch them use it. Especially if you're going from, I think it gets really tricky when you're adding features because you have a baseline feature that you've measured and it's efficient and all that kind of stuff. If you're adding uh, more power to that feature, then it will get bigger. You can't, like, yeah. you, you can't lower the efficiency. Like, it's, it's going to be impossible, right? So you, you have to design it in a way that still makes it feel very much efficient. Mm-hmm. And then you have to set up a metric that, is under, that, that, that compensates for that. So if I'm like, if I, if I have something and I'm adding two more features to it, then I need to have a metric that doesn't say like, oh, when we release this new feature, it's going to meet the same metric as it was before, <laughs> right? No, when you say, oh, it'll probably add three seconds to it. It'll probably add two more clicks. It'll probably add this. So let's accommodate that that metric to for the new power that we're adding to that feature, yeah. right? And do that ahead of time. So then when you release it, it's not a negative experience. It's a positive experience. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Or it's an accurate measurement, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, this is this is like deep. There's a lot of things you can do here, and then there's like even talking about like you've started defining what you want to measure. You've started doing some different types of measuring. Yeah. Now, how do you? What do you do with it? <laughs> yeah. Do you just do you just put it on a TV somewhere? Yeah. Stare at it. You put it in a graph <laughs> on a TV. You drop the mic. You walk away. Go celebrate. Right? Yeah. Well, well, what typically happens is you watch user videos and you're like, "Oh, that's broken. That's broken. That's broken." And then you're like, "How are we going to prioritize this with product and engineering?" Oh, I don't know. I guess it's okay. And then you just leave that freaking crap in your application forever. And yeah, that that's also I'm sure very common. Yeah, I I can admit that I've done that. Just design debt, man. That's where design debt comes from. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I think I think it's important to try to communicate this problem. We've talked about communicating problems. I think it's important to like take this this data you've come up with and communicate it to the stakeholders yeah. of of you know this thing. Um, that way, you can make decisions of should we enhance this more? Um, is this perfect, and we don't need to worry about it anymore? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I think you, you need to do something with that data and it's actionable. And I think that's another place um, where I need to grow as well as a designer. Um, what do you do with it and how do you make it better? So I yeah. think that's an interesting challenge. I like to know how people are doing something like, well, like what yeah. are they doing with their data after they get it? Mm-hmm. I know. So like here, we're kind of struggling with that because we start watching more of our user videos and things like that. Yeah. And we're compiling, you know, we're compiling lists of things that we want to improve and um, you know, I'm working with the product team, or we are working with the product team, to make sure that we can get this on a roadmap somewhere and prioritize correctly. I think that's a lot of hard work 
mm-hmm. that I would say that the, the the average designer doesn't want to deal with, if I'm if I'm being honest. Seriously. Like, and so I, I think that's hard. It's hard to be a champion of that when there's so much red tape, right? Like, if 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 you're at a startup where you're just kind of moving and shaking and doing whatever you need to do, it's, I think it's easier. You feel like you have a bigger voice. Plus things move faster mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing. But when you get the bigger your company grows and the bigger company you're into, the, the more logical red tape happens, right? Like we have so many people, we got to manage something. So we got to put some checks and balances into that, right? Yeah. But, um, and, and that's totally understandable. But there's there's definitely like a frustration of like, yeah, I see that this is wrong, but this is never going to get fixed. You know, we're never yeah. going to do a, a fast follow on this. That's why I think uh, your team at one point did that, right? Where you were doing these fast follow periods. Was uh-huh. that your team? That was my team. Was that successful at all? Uh, not entirely because um, we were also like, we'd say that we'll just like have this, we have the solution. We have this extra piece that we know will be great, but we don't need to do it in this release now to have good value. Like, yeah. Right. So we put it on the side and say, this is going to be a fast follow. Um, and then we would, actually just move on to the next thing and never do the fast follow. <laughs> Sometimes we would do it. Um, a lot of times we wouldn't. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of become a swear word in our team now to call something mm-hmm. a fast, fast follow. follow. We just like would say yeah, like that's word. that's just going into the next thing. Like we're just going to yeah. like we just tr- we are we're a lot better at this. We're just like planning to do it and versus like saying we'll just put it in a backlog and then we'll look at it later when we have yeah. time because we're never going to have just downtime. No, there's never time. No, there's always something to do. So it's, it's hard to do like, and we've, we, our backlog is pretty big full of things that we need to do. Um, so it's, it's definitely a challenge. I think, I think honestly, like it'd be really cool to try it. We should pitch it here. Like an entire, like five day buffer period of watching our users. Yeah. Like, like the whole, the whole entire team. Oh, I think everyone, I think that would be super. Don't write code. Don't design. Don't do anything. Five days. You can fix some bugs if there's some like, critical yeah, bugs, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe get somebody over there on the you know the tech nine one one thing. Yeah, working on that. But at the same point, like it almost be it almost be interesting to be like, okay, so we release this thing on Monday. We're gonna take the next three days, and I guess this depends on what kind of cadence it is and like how many people want to use this feature and everything. But totally, if you release it on Monday, you take you take the rest of the day Monday. You don't listen to intercom. You don't talk to your CS team, your support mm-hmm. team. You don't do any of that for three days. <laughs> maybe maybe you do have like the tech 911 type person like, oh, this thing's busted, whatever. And then you sit down in a room somewhere and just literally watch your full story videos or your, you know, like whatever your user videos you're using. Yeah. Where I'm not trying to promote full story. <laughs> this but, episode is sponsored like a, by. Like a video recording. You could do, let's see, Andy, there's full story. <laughs> There's uh, Matomo, which Matomo. we use here. Mm-hmm. So big ups to them. Yeah. Uh, there's Hotjar. There's there's lots of other ones, right? Yeah. Um, but whatever whatever thing you're gonna use, just sit down maybe as a team for like two days, and like watch maybe. film, right? Maybe. Like we kind of started doing that here as a design team, is just doing like a film review every day, just watch a couple of user videos, and we've noticed a lot of stuff. I think beyond even noticing stuff that we need to fix. I think me personally, I'm starting to learn little by little, kind of bite size by bite size, like how our users work a little bit better. Totally watching those videos, and it's it's so great watching those videos. Like if if you're not using any sort of videos, watch you know capturing service or anything, 
and you can, I would recommend that you should because yeah. it really changes everything. It's like when, when you go normally and you like want to evaluate something or talk to somebody, somebody about something like interview them, you're kind of putting something in a lens. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, I, I want to talk to you about this feature in our application. And then they'll like start thinking about things and you're kind of bring some, bring some bias into it versus actually just watching them. They don't really know. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, but they don't know that you're watching them. Um, they're Use just proper disclosure. And yeah. Service. Yeah, definitely yeah. use that. <laughs> but it's, it's really awesome just to see them in there, just using it just the way they normally would without anybody looking at them. Yeah. Well, it's the grill is in the mist thing. It's like, yeah, it's like, I'm going to be a part of them for a minute. It's like, you get that sense. It's, it's real. So, you know, in terms of like, technically in terms of, you know, you have your, you have your survey calls, you have all that stuff, mm -hmm. you have your interviews, then you have your contextual inquiry where you're in context doing an interview. Yep. That's what that means. Um, and then you have your, uh, uh, <laughs> what's it? sort of the E. I don't What's know. It called? It's ethnographic called. research, right? Okay. Ethnographic research is is literally being in with them. Yeah. And working with them. Like you're right? a fly on the wall, right? Yeah. That's not interviewing them. That's like getting a job at freaking Checker Auto Parts to <laughs> learn about the the checkout software. Okay. Yeah. Like that's what ethnographic research really is mm -hmm. is embedding, right? Um, and so like, yeah, we we go out and do contextual inquiry. We do that because we can't do really ethnographic, true ethnographic stuff. Yeah. This is the closest thing you could do to ethnographic research. Mm -hmm. um, you could go out and you could watch them. You could do a contextual inquiry. You could go out and say like, oh, it looks like these 10 people over here in this office next door to us are using our product. Let's go over and sit down and just sit behind them and tell them to do their work. And that might be weird and uncomfortable, but they'll yeah. get over it. And I'll ask them questions every once in a while. Why did you click that? Why did you click that? Like that's contextual inquiry, mm -hmm. right? Um, like, Watching them use the application, though, is is as closest thing we're gonna get to 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 embedding with them. Yeah, it's it's perfect because like yeah, if you're doing the contextual inquiry, like they know they know they're being watched. They might mm -hmm. do something different just because they're being watched. Yeah, they know you're there. Yeah, right? you're shining a light on them. Um, versus like yeah, if if you're you're just watching the videos of them, you can see exactly how they would normally do it because that's yeah. how they're actually doing you're it. You're so looking right over their you shoulder. Get, you get they don't know so, there. so much insight and it's so yeah. interesting. And there's the only problem is you can't just stop and ask them a question, yeah. <laughs> but you get, you just get to see and like, Oh, I wonder why they're, they're, you know, writing this out or typing this or why are they clicking here versus over here? It's so, so interesting yeah. to watch them do that. Well, and again, to that point, like you can't do anything about it. Like that, that it is frustrating. You can't ask them the question and you can't do see. But I think that goes into the reactive nature of us, mm -hmm. right? It's like, we want to fix it. So like, if we see something broken, it's like, Oh, well, I want to, I know how to fix that. Let's fix it. Right. Yeah. And you react to it. And it's like, okay, well, what if we watch a couple more videos what if we watch a couple more and realize that that person was the only one that had that problem, right? Or what if, you know, what if we just, what if we got a bigger, what if, what if we got a bigger view of what was going on mm -hmm. and watched more and, and was more patient about it? Like we don't work in the medical software. I mean, the only thing that we could, we could do some real damage to is people get audited or something Yeah. Um, based on our software. But for the most part, like if we released a feature and it wasn't a hundred percent successful on its first release, mm -hmm. what's it going to hurt to wait four weeks before we even touch it? Oh, totally. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not going to be that big. Yeah, of it's a not going to, I mean, nobody's going to die. And we're not doing you know, medical stuff. 
Yeah, although some but, some of the squeaky wheels will act like it, as you said. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I think it's it's really interesting to get that data, and maybe it's something that you think, oh man, I could fix this, and I need to fix this because it's just bugging me. But the user doesn't care at all. Yeah. And they're just like, this this works just fine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe some things that you didn't think about are are you know hacks that they can use in the app. I've <laughs> yeah. seen that before, yeah. where people are using the app in a way that was totally unintended. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works for them, and so you could actually say, "Oh, wow, this is maybe I should be thinking about this yeah, feature in a different way." All those workarounds, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, people are using tax to do that? That's crazy. Why would they? <gasps> Wait a second. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I get what they're doing now, <laughs> and then now you know exactly what to fix. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's important to have that that overarching context um, to get as close to that ethnographic stuff as you can with your mm-hmm. user. I think I think those videos are great. That's what I would. That's what I. Like in my mind, I think that's what we should pitch here. We should take a team and try it with a big release. Yeah, I think it would be so much fun. I think it would be beneficial for everybody on the Dude, team. Dude, you could pop popcorn. You could, uh, <laughs> you could bring some couches in. Yeah, Dude, it'd be exciting. I think that'd be great. Play some music while you're there. You know, like I don't know. You could make it fun, right? You could make it fun. But at least, I mean, if you spent a day and watched, like let's say, let's say you release it on Monday, you and then Wednesday, Thursday. You had a hundred videos, yeah, hundred user sessions or something like that. Pull the entire development team, product QA, everybody, pull them all into a room for half a day, and just sat and watched watched people use the product that you had just released. That would be huge. And then at the end of that, go bowling or miniature golfing. <laughs> <laughs> unless you unless you watch them use it and it's just like a bomb, right? Yeah, then, then you go back, go back like, to the okay, board. It's three o'clock or it's four o'clock, guys. Uh, we just spent all day watching these videos. We obviously know we failed completely. Um, how about we stay till seven, go back to our desks, all yeah. right? And get this freaking problem resolved. Uh, is that is that good? I mean, is that? I hope Nick likes that. I hope he's listening. He probably's not. Yeah, we'll have to get a thumbs up from him. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to go grab him? No. <laughs> we'll make him listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> listen to this and give us an emoji, thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> put those little eye tracking things on him and then watch him as he does it. Then we can test his experience after oh, we good. released our product. Yeah, that's really good. We should, yeah. we should sit in a room and just watch him listening to this. We need to, Andy. Yes. <laughs> we need to find our podcast listeners and go sit down with them and watch them while they're listening to it. That's our absolutely true. I want to see their facial expressions. Yeah. I want to see if they laugh. <laughs> I want to see if they cry. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see they get mad. I want to see them wince when they hear Patrick's shrill voice. Mm-hmm. They hear my horrible <laughs> voice. They're like, turn it off. Back to Andy. <laughs> fast forward, fast forward. Oh, Andy's. <laughs> so if yeah, if you, if you could just like send us some videos of you <laughs> listening to the podcast, some reaction videos, I think that would be really helpful for us. Yeah, if you're out there, you got some reaction videos of you. <laughs> Uh, hashtag designed much reactions. <laughs> Throw that up on Instagram or yeah, whatever. Yeah, do it. Um, sweet. If you uh, speaking of that though, if you do have a topic <laughs> that you want us to talk about, uh, that you know, or if you just want to send it to Nick, if you want to send your <laughs> topics, you can send your topics to Nick Bluth or Allison Zubal, and then they'll send them to us. Or you can just shoot us an email at topics at designedmuch.org. Uh, or on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do uh, hashtag hashtag design much topics. 
Um, uh, we're still working on some Design Much workshops. They're coming up, so stay tuned to the meetup.com slash Design Much workshops. And then, uh, yeah, go rate us on iTunes. That would be great. I haven't looked in like three weeks, so maybe they've gone up or gone down. I don't know. Be yeah, cool to see. we should maybe look at our, we our should, how we're measuring. We right? should follow up with that metric. That's a good one. We should actually, before we do that, though, we should define what we actually want. Like, is it like a four- is it a, I want to shoot for five, but nobody's gonna give. A five. No, like I, I want like a, I want like a four point two and up. Four point two, yeah. four point two plus. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. We're gonna shoot for a four point two plus, and then we're gonna combine that with all the reaction videos that you guys send to us, <laughs> so that we have a good we have a good idea of your experience with uh, using the Design Much podcast. Um, and that'll be great. Are you pulling it up, Andy? You dialing it up? We have a 4.5 right now. We have a 4.5, so we're above your 4.2. Yeah. So does that mean we should go down a little bit? I don't know. I don't like think – 4.3? I'm not sure if we've had any new ratings. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, because you gave us a 5, right? And then I gave us a 3.5. Oh, that was you? That was me, yeah. <laughs> and then I think Nick gave us a 1. Was that the one? Uh, that sounds Just about kidding. right. Nick probably hasn't rated it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, rate us up on podcast or on iTunes, and uh, we will we will talk to you. We will be in your ears next week. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>